0: I want to talk to you for a little while out of john 20 and verse 1 this is where we are finding our assignment today now on the first day of the week mary magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb then she ran and came to simon peter and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out, and the other disciple, which was John, and were going to the tomb, and so they both ran together, and the other disciple outran Peter. He'd been doing some calisthenics, been in the gym a little bit, John was younger, so we'll give that to him. Peter, and came to the tomb first. And he stopped, and he stooped down and looking in, saw the linen cloth lying there, yet he did not go in. And then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb and saw the linen cloth lying there. And an important piece, and the handkerchief that had been around his head, now lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place, not lying with the linen cloth that was around his body, but folded and placed in a different place. The next verse says, then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, and he saw and believed. For as of yet, they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. I want to talk to you for just a few minutes today. We don't we, we won't be long because of Easter celebrations, but the most important celebration is celebrating Jesus. And I I'm so thankful that he's my living hope. Amen. That he gives hope to this world because he lived. He died and he rose again. Amen. So With that rising, he gives me hope in my life. And I want to preach just for a few minutes on a living hope, a story in the scars. A living hope, a story in the scars. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us hope, giving us authentic and beautiful ministry in a church and in our lives. That you touch us with nail-scarred hands every time you come with compassion. That you don't just show up and show us all the things we've done wrong, but you show up with scars from the things that you did for us first. And you show us the blessing in your presentation and the way that you died for us. We ask you just to help us to understand how powerful the story and your scars are. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. I don't need to ask, but probably could get a lot of hands that, Well, we will ask. How many have had a surgery in this room? Have you ever had a surgery? Quite a few of us. Look at that. So it's safe to say that some of us have some scars. Amen? Some physical scars on our physical body. And we understand that Jesus, when he came out of the tomb, he came out in a resurrected body. Everybody say a resurrected body. It wasn't the same because he had been made new, but it was the same enough that you could still see the scars from the crucifixion. And it was the same enough that when you get into the book of Luke, he walks into a room where the disciples are hiding in fear. And I I present to you John 20, which is in the Synoptic Gospels, it's the same story. But he walks into the room where they're, they're hiding out in fear because they're afraid the mob is going to come get them, just like they got Jesus. And they're worried that they will be, Killed as well. But Jesus walks into the room and he not only has scars from being on the cross still visible, but he also says, Do you have any meat? So a resurrected body is able to show scars and able. To have food. Amen, somebody. Jesus was the party and this dude on planet Earth. Have you ever read the scriptures? He's always eating. He's always having food. He's always getting his bros around him, if I can say it that way. And they're having a good time. They're breaking bread and they're eating. And Jesus shows up and reveals himself and they're afraid. But then he shows them the scars and says, do you have any food in the house? I'm hungry. It's been a while. I've been through the grave I've come out the other side. I've presented my blood on the mercy seat of heaven, and I have atoned for the sins of all mankind. And so in doing that, we find him showing up in John 20 and verse 19. And he's showing them his resurrected body. He's showing them who he is. And then that same day at evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, everybody say shut. Shut. They had closed and locked the doors because they were afraid shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. They were afraid they were going to come for them. Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, peace be unto you. He said, the first thing I want you to know is that you should have peace. And when Jesus says peace to us, it is an Old Testament Hebrew word that means shalom. How many you have ever heard the word Shalom. It doesn't just mean uh, that your bills are all paid or that you are in tranquility in your family life or that you have peace on your job or peace in your home. It doesn't mean that. When he speaks peace, that word shalom means that everything in your life is touched by the wholeness of God. That everything in your life is experiencing the peace of God, peace in your finances, peace in your home. I was just having a conversation with Sarah the other day about, they were talking about the wealth of the Jewish people. And I'm like, how could they not be wealthy? Because every time they greet each other, they say God's blessings or God's peace over everything in your life. They've been doing it for thousands of years, speaking wholeness of God over your life, your finances, everything you are. And by doing so, they are blessed because of it. But I do know that in the story here, we are seeing that they feel abandoned. They feel like they've been left alone. They feel like things have happened because, see, before Jesus came on the scene, before they were afraid of who came in the room, they, they had to deal with the understanding that Jesus was betrayed and beaten and scourged and put before the Roman whipping post. And he was scourged as our Lord and his body was beaten and beaten so badly that they said that he was unrecognizable. Even the scriptures reminding us that he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities and and by his stripes we are healed. Amen. So he went through some things to conquer death and hell and curses and all kinds of diseases and so there's nothing higher than the power of that sacrifice and he was placed on the cross the ultimate sacrifice and he carried that cross up the hill and he was stretched wide and hung high and because he did that for me i have victory today and we celebrate it in 2023 two thousand years later he still is the greatest story ever told It still is the greatest historical event that has ever happened is the crucifixion and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we are now talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ. We feel his moving and all the things that are happening in the earth, and there are two scriptures for every one in the Bible speaking of the second coming of Jesus. For every one scripture that said he's coming the first time and he's going to be buried and crucified and buried and rose again. There are two scriptures that he's coming back again. And in fact in Daniel we find out that Daniel predicted Jesus is coming the day 800 years before he showed up as a baby and we find out in the Isaiah that he says that he's going to come and you shall call his name Emmanuel God with us and we find out in in other minor prophets that the exact place where Jesus is going to be born in Bethlehem all of these things were prophesied hundreds of years before it happened they could not have known this had they been told by the the God of heaven who moved on them as they wrote holy men of God writing as God breathed into their spirit and their life, and they wrote the word of God. But this is one interesting piece of information that it says in the scriptures that they did not know the scriptures, for they did not know how he was going to be risen. I read it to you, and and even though he told them what was going to happen, they were still afraid. And now we see that Jesus is walking into their their moment. The ground has shook. The sun hid itself in darkness in the middle of the day. And the Roman soldier said, surely this is a righteous man. One of the translations, surely this is the son of God. And they are running for their lives, hiding in a room, and they're afraid of what might come next. And Jesus walks in. And I can tell you this, when Jesus shows up, And manifests himself, everything else in the room that is not of God has to leave. We, uh, you know, whenever I walked in this room the first time and I stood over there and I just started weeping, I'm like, Jesus, really? A rectangle room? We're down to this. You know, I, had my, I, had, I was in a bad place, and I said, Lord, what am I supposed to do with this? And he told me, look into the lamb. Look into the lamb. Look into what I've done for you. Look into what power I have demonstrated. Look at what I can do when I show up in the room. They had the door locked, and sometimes when we get in situations where we're feeling down or anxious or we're feeling depression or feeling something weighing on us, we can tend to insulate and isolate ourselves from even Jesus. Jesus, Amen. We can think that that's a protection factor for us, that we can put some walls up and we can lock some doors, and we're keeping out the things that we're afraid of. But really, Jesus wants you to know that if you let me in the room, if you let me in your life, if you let me in the place where you think you're safe and really you're not, I will be your guide and I will be your healer and I will chase every chain off of your life. I will break every chain out of your life. He's about to do it in this place. I tell you. He can enter into a place, even a little rectangle room, and if he manifests himself in here, everything changes. Amen, somebody. So Mary goes running to the tomb, and the angel says, why do you seek the living among the dead? We should never seek something that satisfies among dead things. And Jesus is risen, and he's not there. And so the angels tell her, you're not going to find him here this is a cemetery and he's alive. He said, Jesus is not here, he's alive. And there's panic and there's excitement all at the same time. And Mary has this encounter with Jesus. Before they ever get in the room, you think they they would be encouraged, but they're still afraid in this upper room, this place that they're hiding out, wherever this is at. And before that happens, Mary has the experience of wanting more from what took place at the tomb. Say, John runs up, and maybe he's a man of honor. I don't know why he waited, but he waits for Peter. And Peter goes in, and Peter sees the only thing that Peter needs to see, and that is the head napkin that, is around, that was around Jesus' head. Now, some scholars say that this head napkin was his tallit, and this is a genuine, I have some static, I apologize. I'm opening up something in the middle Right at the end of winter, I'm going to get some static. This is a traditional Jewish tallit. And it has the zitzit coming off of it. They believe that this might have been the head wrap that was around his head. This is bought in Jerusalem, right downtown at a gift shop. And it is kosher, is what they say. This is a true Jewish headpiece. They would put it over their head and they would pray. And you can see some of this at the wailing wall even today. You see them, they'll put it over their head. And the Bible says and that whenever you pray, go into your closet and pray. They, were, they will fold it down like this, but when they go to the wall to pray, they put it up and they go into their what they call prayer closet. Went to a place where they cannot see out and they're just meeting with the Lord and you'll see them rock and you'll see them worship and you'll see them pray. They believe that this was the Jewish garment that was wrapped around Jesus' head. And whenever you have a... I've taught it before, so if you've been here before, please forgive me for teaching it again. But I had to share this with you. But whenever you sit down to eat at a Jewish table, when you're done eating, you just wad up the napkin and you throw it on the table. But when you fold up your napkin, you are telling the host of the house... Not to take the gar- not to take your plate away because you're not done yet. And Peter walked into that grave, and he saw the headcloth, the tallit possibly, folded and set off to the side. It wasn't where the garments, the cloths were that were around Jesus' body. It was folded, and it was set off to the side. That's all Peter needed to see. See, God will meet you where you want to be met at. God will come to you where your desire is. And if you only need to know that he's not finished with your situation yet, that is enough for you, then that is where you need to stop and say, God is going to continue to work. God's not done with this situation yet. This is this is a sign to Peter that there is a God who is still working. He's not done with an empty tomb. He's not finished here yet. That's what the sign was from that. And so Peter took that. That's all he needed. And he headed out. John looked in. But Mary, Mary the one who had seven demons cast out of her by Jesus. Mary the one whom the scripture says to whom much is forgiven loves much. Amen. She She wanted to see more of Jesus. She didn't just want to see a head cloth that said, I'm not finished yet. She wanted to see Jesus, amen? She wanted to see him. Where did they take him? I want to care for him. I want to put spices on his body. I need to care for him. And so then the angel said, why are you seeking among the dead? And there is two angels, one on one end and one on the other of the place where Jesus lay, which is a picture of the Exodus Ark of the Covenant, where the angel... In the Old Testament, in the tabernacle, had built where men had God has asked man to build an ark of the covenant, and he put angels on each end with wings touching. It was the same picture in the scripture that you see in the New Testament, but there, there wasn't a lamb just offered as a substitute. It was the lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world that was finally slain, and he was going into heaven to put that blood, that blood on the mercy seat. And they said, He's not here. And then she wept some more, and then there was a voice behind her, and she thought it was the gardener, and she's like, would you please just tell me where you've taken, this is what has all happened before they get locked in this little room. Would you tell me where they've taken Jesus? And she's, and he says, Mary, and she recognizes his voice, and she says, Master, Rabboni, he knows, see, Jesus was in the act of redemption for the world But because this little woman desired to see him, he put redemption on hold and went back to the place where he had died to meet with a little lady. In their culture, they did not, and it is a primitive culture, but in their culture, they did not believe the testimony of a woman. So the fact that Jesus would time out redemption and come back and meet with a little lady that desired more than I'm not finished here yet that desire more than there's, there's, there's a body missing and I'm okay with it being somewhere. She desired to see him. He showed up because of her desire. And I want to tell you, because he came out of that tomb and because he showed up, he said, don't touch me, Mary. Don't touch me because I'm in the middle of the process of being the high priest for the world. And if you touch me, you alter the process i imagine she wanted to hug him i imagine she wanted to say i'm so glad you're alive but he said don't touch me and then though she got to see him she goes back and she tells him that he's alive he's alive forevermore and here they are so jesus walks into the room all of this has happened you'd think with all that happening they wouldn't be afraid but they got the door locked. So Jesus has to walk through the wall. We got a resurrected body with scars, wanting food, and walking through walls. Hello, somebody. If this isn't enough for you to go, okay, I guess we can conquer anything, this should be enough. When Jesus gets in the room, he says peace first. He handles the heart situations first. He deals with the heart scars first. He says peace to all of you. And he deals with the turbulence in the room. And then he does something that's a little bit strange. And I know you probably would be weirded out if this happened, and I asked you to raise your hand if you've been in surgery, anybody. But don't get weird because this is Jesus. The second thing, now if there is something that you need to tell your disciples, I get the peace, Brother Reese, Peace, be still. You know, I get that, dealing with their fear. But the second thing he wants to show them is his scars. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where someone's like, hey, I had a surgery lately. Let me show you my, and you're like, whoa, whoa. I don't want to see. We're not in that level of relationship, okay? You want to show me your scars, you know? But Jesus like, look at these. Look at this. Look at this, the spear in my side. Look at my hands. See the scars that I took for you. And it's a testimony to the fact that he's trying to share with them the scars as a second showing. What what he wanted to say to them is I need you to do several things. Number one is I need you to recognize that scars are a place where pain used to be. And I can heal every place where there is pain. He wanted them to know that because he's about to launch these men into a world that's turned upside down and they're going to turn it right side back up with the gospel. They're going to go into the world and preach the gospel. And and the the Lord is trying to tell them that the, the scars that I have are only a testament to the fact that God wants to use you and the scars in your life to tell the same story over and over again of my redemption in your life. Jesus has come. He knows your struggles. He knows what you're wrestling with. He didn't walk through the walls and give them a list of all the things that they were doing. He didn't present them with bad performance list and say, this is what you've screwed up on lately. I don't care if you messed up even this morning on the way to church. When Jesus walks in this room, that's why we set up lights. That's why we have a church in a small room because we believe when Jesus gets in here, he's not going to show up and just tell everybody what you're all doing wrong. There isn't a bunch of finger pointing going on in the room when the Holy Ghost comes in this place. He shows up and he puts his arms around you and he loves on you and he says I know where you've been I know your struggles I know what you're going through but I want you to know that every situation changes you're going through some things and it's going to be a revelation for you hell may be attacking you but don't take that as you going down God is going to rise you up there is a rising hope in the room every time he enters there's a risen hope in the room every time he enters because he came out of the grave and he wants to come in into our lives with the revelation of his scars and he wants to leave us with an understanding that his life in us gives us the power to conquer anything that the spirit raised that same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is also living in each one of us that have been filled with the Holy Ghost speaking with tongues and you will be the devil's worst nightmare because he's only tormenting you now because he's afraid of the revelation of what happens when Jesus gets in the room and shows you his scars and tells you his story of victory that now you will no longer be tormented by hell but you will be hell's tormentor. You will change lives. You will turn worlds around. You will turn things around in your workplace. You will change the world entirely because there's a story in every scar, brothers and sisters. And that's why people want to show their scars, not just because it's a place of pain used to be, but because it's, look, I lived. This scar is healed because I live past the pain. And that's what Jesus is trying to convey to them. He said, I live past all of it. I conquered your worst enemy, death, hell, and the grave, and I live through all of it. I came out the other side as Alpha and Omega, and I've come to just tell somebody we have too many people confused in the pew because all they see is people putting on their championship belt, people stepping up to minister, and they got their tie in the right place, and they got their suit on, and they got their Easter best, and I'm not against any of that. Thank God for all the blessings, but I want you to know Jesus did not minister from a trophy belt. Jesus didn't minister by taking people to the trophy case and saying look at all of my victories. He ministered from his scars brother Antonio. He ministered from the place of pain. He said if you want to know how to save a world, you're not going to be able to show them or prance all the victories across the stage. You're going to have to get up there and say look at what I've been through. Look at how I healed from this. Look at how I got out. You see these scars you see this pain that's been healed this is how I got out and so the story and the scars is in each one of us today not only in the things we go through but the spiritual power of God that now lives inside of us what stories will we tell I want to encourage you because he was trying to encourage his disciples I'm going to send you and I want you to have authority and I want you to know, see, if, if all they saw was the victories, if all they saw was the trophies of heaven, if all we put up here is people that are all put together, have everything right, can quote every scripture, I don't need somebody like that. I'll tell you just straight out. I need somebody who's been through some stuff. If you're going to speak into my life, I need to know that you went through some things and you came out the other side. This world does not need somebody who's just gonna come up in Bible thumb. And thank God for everybody that knows Bible. Thank God for everybody that's in quizzing when they grow up because it keeps them strong and safe in the word of God. But sometimes you have to put the Bible down and say, let me tell you about my testimony. Even in the, old, in the New Testament it says, these folks came out by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. What is your testimony, brothers and sisters? But a story from the scars in your life, the places you lived through, the things you came out of, the things you conquered with the help of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your story concludes by continuing his story, and his story is victory. Amen, somebody? There is a revelation in the scars. Greater things will you do. Not just miracles. Not just scars where the pain used to be. But the scars tell a story of victory. Would you stand with me today? So I'm asking you, what stories will you tell? I don't know what stories we're going to tell in heaven. I'm sure they're going to be good ones. I'm sure there's going to be some angel food there. There's going to be some chocolate, some chocolate cake. Maybe some can I don't know. Whatever you like, I'm sure it's going to be there. But when we sit around, what stories do you think we're going to tell? I wonder if we're still not telling stories of the scars. The way God brought us out. The things he brought us through. How he restored us so long ago. And through eternity, we tell the story. See, heaven is real and hell is real. But he is a victor of it all. The devil doesn't even have the keys to his own house anymore, Angie. Because Jesus came out of that grave with the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Yesterday I was thinking, if he died on Friday, and today's Saturday, and while I'm getting ready for Easter Sunday, he's ramsacking hell. <laughs> he's tearing some stuff up. Jesus went down and took those that were captive, captive. In other words, if you're captive, if you're held down by something, Jesus has the power to take captivity those things that are holding you. He took captive the captors. So he has greater power than anything that could ever hold you captive. He could take authority over it and take you out of it. And that's what he did yesterday so that he could come out of the tomb today. And this... Just like the video that opened. This changes everything. This is why we do everything. This is why we take kids back and we teach them about Jesus. Because when they go through hard times in their life, and scars happen in their hearts, their minds, their lives, and they're dealing with places of pain, they have to know that Jesus can heal everything. He can lift you out of everything. If that is your foundation... There is no place you can't go. If that is your foundation, there's nothing you can't build of success in your life. Everything begins with the story of the scars, brothers and sisters. Would you bow your heads to me? Jesus, I don't know what scars are represented in this room. I don't know what doubts or dreams have been dashed against rocks of hopelessness, but there's a risen hope in this room today. And even if the doors were closed, you'd come through the walls in our life. Even if we've isolated some ways, you want to step into the room. You want to step into our heart. You want to step into our life. So I pray anyone that has closed you out would let you in. And I know that even in this last day, when you're about to come back, that you told me that you're not going to let any more closed doors keep you out of people's lives. But you told me in prayer, God, that any closed doors in our family, you're just going to walk through the wall. That closed doors are not going to be what keeps you from reaching the captives anymore. Would you close your eyes and lift your hands in this room? Whatever closed doors, it doesn't matter. Anytime you've ever shut the door on Jesus, anytime you've ever closed him out, anything that's ever been, that, that felt like you had to shut it off from your life, God's going to step into that situation right now with your hands lifted. I want you commit to commit to the story of the scars that when he comes in the room, everything is going to get risen hope. Everything is going to be risen again in him. Everything is going to be conquered in him. In the name of Jesus, I pray this prayer over these people that no matter what doors shut in our life, no matter where we're kept out of, no matter what's kept closed, that you just walk through the walls in our life, Jesus, that you just walk through the walls and come into the spaces in our hearts and our minds. The emotional scars be healed right now in the name of Jesus in this room. And online, if you're joining us, welcome But emotional scars be healed, mental trauma, mental difficulty be healed any instability be secured I speak shalom over these people today and I speak the healing in the scars would you come and pray for just a minute would you take your spouse by the hand or somebody near you would you come down here and would you commit today this is what you're coming for you're going to commit to let the story of the scars live on you're going to let the story of the scars live on everything that the devil tried to take you out with You're going to let resurrection power hit that thing, and it's going to release every captivity. It's going to release everything that holds you back. It's going to release everything right now in your life that you thought would not come to fruition, but it's going to come. There's going to be resurrection power in it. God's going to give a risen hope in this situation. And right now, would you commit to let the story of the scars be shared? Because there's someone in this room that needs to see you that needs to see the scars you went through. There's someone who's going to be encouraged by your story. There's someone who's going to see you that, hey, the devil tried to put me under his foot, but I came out victorious, and I still had a dance, and I still had a shout, and I still had victory in my life, and this story is worth telling. I know it looked bad for a while, but it's just a scar now because there's risen hope in my life. It's just a place where pain used to be because there's a risen hope in my life. Jesus is speaking resurrection to everyone in this room right now. In the name of Jesus, someone needs to see your dance after you've been through a difficult moment. Somebody needs to see your shout when you've been through something that tried to destroy you. Someone needs to hear your story of the scars. So we carry on the legacy of Jesus. In this room, we commit across this room to carry on the legacy of a risen hope that our scars will tell a story that saves somebody who's still living in their wounds, that's still living in their pain. We're going to be the risen hope to them that grabs them by the hand and lifts them to their feet and says, look, I went through the same things and God healed me of it. He can heal you of it. That's what's happening in this commitment today. That's what's happening in this room right now is we're committing to let our story of the scars continue to be told in this room over the phone to a friend, to a family member, give risen hope Lord Jesus as we share a story of our scars so that we like you can help Jesus manifest in their life in their hearts in the room where they are right now and everybody said in Jesus name if you receive it Everybody say, in Jesus' name, if you commit to share your story. All right, there's somebody in here that's going to have an opportunity this week. Someone's going to come to you this week. It's either going to be at the gas station, it's going to be a family member, but God's going to give you an opportunity to share the story of your scars, and it's going to give risen hope to somebody. Come on, let's thank the Lord for coming out of that grave. Let's thank the Lord for passing on such a great victory for giving us hope even in a hopeless world we have hope thank you Jesus for making my scars a story of hope thank you Jesus come on lift your hands and just entertain the presence of the Lord he has walked through the wall into this room today he is here he is here he is here Eu